Welcome to Sitting Here Reading Corn with Tori Ross. I'm obviously Tori Ross, author of The Cuffing Season Contract, Winning the Witch, and the upcoming All I Wank for Christmas. Sitting Here Reading Corn is the show where my guests and I read our sex scenes for you and go off on tangents. What in the hell were we thinking when we wrote this? Why did we write it? Dear Lord, why have we done this? Your questions will be answered and you'll probably end up with more questions. So pour a stiff drink. I know I'll be drinking and my guests probably will be too. Send the kids out of the room because we get down and dirty. Buckle up, buttercups. Uh, On this episode of Sitting Here Reading Corn with Tori Ross, I have author E.L. Coslow. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. It was funny because uh, I just was telling you, you know, I'm going to press the record button and it'll have a little bit of a, you know, recording in progress. (laughs) And then I press record and I'm like, oh, (laughs) like I totally, I haven't done the show for a couple of weeks. So I just totally fucking forgot how did this thing work? (laughs) Technology. uh, Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) You've had a big summer. What have you been doing this summer? Um, well, I have four kids at home, so that's always an adventure. Wait, um, four? I didn't know you had four. Yeah, yeah I have a 13-year-old girl, uh, 11-year-old boy, and then seven-year-old boy-girl twins. Oh, I did not know. You know, I've known you for like, what, two years? Yeah. And I, I knew you had kids. I didn't know you had four. Yeah, I have a herd. <laughs> and I was just complaining to you that I was like thrown off this week. Like my mornings have been weird this week because I've been driving my kids to camp in the mornings. and. I only have two. So now I feel like a total <laughs> raging asshole because I'm like sitting here complaining about my days are messed up with two and you have four. Well, I mean, it's just you. It's a balancing act. And we like to say that we have a traveling circus. So it, it, it's, well, I learned it's something new today. difficult no matter how many kids you have. There's always something to balance. So I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about that. Um, speaking of something new, uh, so you always teach me something new because you're really good at TikTok. And I think you were the first person I ever saw to do the Bill Hader. I always say his name wrong. Hader <laughs> dance thing. And I was oh, like, yeah. she get this template. And then everybody started using it. I was like, wow. Eric yeah. The, yells on the, the cap cut head. stuff. <laughs> Well, I will confess, I had seen two other authors use it. I was like, ooh, this one's trending. Let's go for it. (laughs) Well, you sent me a message a few weeks ago, too. And you use the abbreviation ISTFG. And I had to look that up. Oh, I swear to fucking God. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I was like, what is is that? I Googled it and I was like, oh, I swear to fucking God. (laughs) You always teach me something new. Yep. Uh, speaking of when my mom oh go ahead sorry when my mom read when my mom read one of my books apparently I taught her something new so which you are probably familiar with um there was a scene in one of my books where the main character goes into her grandmother's kitchen and there's a painting of an upside down pineapple hanging in her kitchen oh yes And, and my mom was like I never knew that's what that meant yeah <laughs> like I, I I've think seen I, that <laughs> I think a lot of people that put like pineapples and stuff on their doors and on their porch and all that they're always like oh it's a sign of hospitality um and it's not <laughs> always upside down but yeah. um I think that still it looks a little bit it, like raises some eyebrows well 
in our old neighborhood, there was someone who I know that had a pineapple door hanger and the teenagers in the neighborhood thought it was funny to turn it upside down. Oh, full disclosure, my friends have a pineapple doormat and every time I'm over there, I turn the doormat around just to be an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, hopefully they appreciate your sense of humor. Uh, For people listening and are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Um, the upside down pineapple is the universal symbol for you're a swinger and you're looking for some fun. Um, so if, you know, like if people are ready to party, they'll put like upside down pineapples on their porch or, you know, like upside down pineapples on social media. So yeah, just, uh, if you see an upside down pineapple, they're, uh, they're fun people, right? <laughs> yep. They're, they're ready to party. Uh, you have kind of a newer release. Yes, it's a re-release of a book that w- was the book How I Met You. Um, so I went through after I got the rights back from my previous publisher and I was able to rewrite and expand dialogue, make sure the structure was good, take out parts, put in extra parts, you know. So it it was a nice experience to be able to like revisit old characters and make them better. So it's gone really well it's gone better than I expected because I have a lot of readers who read the originals that are going through and like joining my arc team and rereading them of their own volition and buying them so I think that's that's been really nice to have the support for the series well let's talk about that for a second because a lot of listeners you know they probably aren't as involved in you know like the book world and they aren't probably an author um Amazon's rules say that if you have a new edition or like in your case, you got your rights back um, and you had to basically re-release it. Uh, Amazon's rules are you have to change a book by at least what? 10%. Uh, Yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah. So it might be like, like if you did some dialogue and all that, it might be almost, I wouldn't say a totally different book, but different dialogue maybe some more scenes maybe some bonus stuff yeah that people didn't read before if they read the first one yeah so I think overall the reader experience for new readers is much better because it's a more polished version of the story Mm -hmm. but like I said old readers seem to be enjoying the changes that I made to the characters and my situation was I since they had not followed the contract appropriately I was able to actually get Amazon to delete the original listing so I think my situation was a little bit different than some other authors who are in the same kind of situation so that was at least beneficial on my end to not have to jump through extra hoops that's absolutely amazing because you almost have to beg borrow and plead (laughs) to get Amazon to do anything to kind of help you trust me if they think there's a potential for something that involves litigation they move pretty quickly (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, So tell us about the book. What's the plot? Uh, You're going to read a scene for us. Uh, So set up kind of the scene. What are we reading today? Okay, so it's called Foreplay on Words, which, you know, play on words, (laughs) but dirty. Um, So the premise is that it opens up with a scene with a romance novelist meeting with their editor and she's like okay we have this project that we would like you to do but really it's like we're telling you you have to do this and there is a author who works for a different part of the publishing house that's a mystery novelist that this is the first time he's really included any kind of sexual content in his books and he's writing a book about 
like a detective that's investigating a serial killer and one of the witnesses is a prostitute and he kind of has like this very gritty relationship with this prostitute and they kind of like get involved with each other and Evan's character is very like mild-mannered and he's shy and due to some past relationship trauma he's a recluse so he's totally removed from any kind of like constant sexual exposure and so the scenes that he originally wrote that his author or his editor absolutely hated were like very mechanical and like they weren't sexy so they're they're like okay let's bring in a pro let's bring in one of our romance novelists that's really good at writing those kinds of scenes and so she comes to his house in connecticut and basically tutors him in this and then yes she does yes she does and she suggests some uh hands-on role-playing for him to be able to get into the mindset of the characters which he really enjoys (laughs) so um so then they sort of you know become involved and then as a result they don't want to like have their collaboration kind of end so he suggests them collaborating on a book and it ends up being like a spicy erotic romantic thriller about a dominatrix so she has pre the author chase has previously written a book about bdsm so she takes him to meet with the source from her books that she had worked with when she was developing characters and kind of trains him in the basics so that's really fun seeing like a, a shy very anxious um because evan has generalized anxiety disorder so seeing a like shy very anxious very kind of sheltered character be introduced to this world and he just kind of like jumps into it right so i when i was so hopefully you didn't change this aspect when you went through and changed things um but when i first read it i my, my first impression was there's literally after they get going there's literally fucking on every page <laughs> from like like right after and it's pretty fast too because she's I from what I remember she was like uh you know hey let's just do hands-on stuff and he's like all right <laughs> and then they yeah, just it, go I mean like there's yeah bed, there's a shower scene there's a I mean they I was I just remember this thinking dear god these people fuck a lot <laughs> Well, I think it's kind of like she unlocks this side of him that he's suppressed. And so I think it also it helps him build confidence, but it also like it's kind of like when you're in your early 20s and you do all kinds of experimental things. He's just the late bloomer because um, he's 27 and she's 31. So they're older, but not, you know, older. Yeah. You know, they're not young 20s, but they're they've seen some things, but they're also not established adults so which scene are you going to read for us which of your Um, many fucking scenes (laughs) well actually i just i just went through and i'm formatting the second book right now and something that i had seen another author do is they put the little peppers next to the chapters Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of little peppers on the table of contents in the paperback so Uh, like i'd i'd scan through the scenes and i'm like oh need one there need one there that is genius <laughs> that's what i thought i was like oh i was like totally changing the paperback for this because some people content. will be like man there's only one pepper here they ain't no fucking i'm gonna turn the page yeah <laughs> let's get to yeah. the fucking um evie alexander does something similar she puts in a sex index though in the back like yeah. she'll go through and be like 
uh, sex scene on page 82 or something like that. So people can just go to the back and go right to the sex scenes. Well, and and you always have the people that like read the book the entire way through and then they will re-reference chapters that they really enjoyed. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So go ahead and set it up for us and go ahead and get started reading. Okay. So this is towards the end of the book that after they've written their spicy BSM thriller, they're on a book tour. And this is when they're in Seattle and they've just finished a um, reading at an erotic art gallery slash bookstore um so they're kind of amped up because they read some of the spicier scenes to the audience there so they get back to the hotel and evan's kind of been teasing her all day about wanting to bend her over something and flip up the skirt that she's been wearing um so they're kind of teasing each other as they come in and then he suggests that they go out on the balcony of the hotel room And it's one of those balconies that has like the concrete walls on either side, but it's completely open and they, they get a little hands on. So hopefully, hopefully you don't mind my feminine voice in a male POV. No, not at all. Okay. So this is an Evan's perspective. So it says, um, does the thought of someone seeing you being pleasured turn you on? I whispered into her soft skin. It was obviously, or it was obvious she was turned on, but I knew this was something we'd never tried that required trust. I was sure Emery and Talia would have indulged this particular kink if we'd asked for it, but the thought of someone we didn't know seeing or hearing us was enticing. Maybe, she panted as I pinched and plucked at her chest through the t-shirt and lace. Um, You turned me on so much, I want to bunch up the back of this skirt and slip inside you, I told her, my voice much lower than normal, thrust into you so hard that your grip on the railings turns your knuckles white. She let out a little whine and pushed her ass back into my groin things in your ear until you can't stand it anymore and you come all over me biting your lip to keep quiet her breaths were coming in shallow pants as she wiggled against me i was rock hard my cock pressed tightly against my briefs inside the tight leather of my pants but we both know you won't be quiet and someone down on that sidewalk will watch how beautifully you come all over me okay go home and he's wearing leather pants yes so i know in my mind that he's like a sexy dude because i read the book but whenever I think of leather pants, I think of Ross Geller. <laughs> Actually, he makes a joke with his sister um, in the middle of the book. Um, he's had like an anxiety attack and he's late to a book signing and his sister picks him up from the airport. And she makes a joke about leather pants referencing Ross Geller. I don't so. remember this, but that was the funniest episode of Friends when Ross wore the leather pants and he got stuck in the ladies' bathroom. So now yeah, with the lotion. Like, yeah. And he's like making yeah. a paste on his legs and he calls Joey. Oh, it's yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Sorry. That just popped into my head. Every time I, I see or hear about a guy in leather pants. <laughs> no, trust me. It was totally, it's totally in my mind, but it becomes a running joke for him to wear leather pants during out throughout the book. Cause he's the shy guy. And I guess I don't it turns out. That. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and actually his editor, Adrian was the one who sent him the leather pants to wear to this particular book signing. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Okay, so the rest of that sentence is, they'll go home and think of you while they touch themselves, but we both know your pretty moans will only be for me. And then, let's go, Chase said in a breathy voice, pushing the handle to the balcony door and swinging it open. The sounds of the city traffic and laughter from the hotel restaurant many floors down filtered through the air. 
It was slightly windy, but not as cold as I thought it'd feel. Chase shivered as we walked forward to the railing of the balcony, and I helped her gently place her hands on the black metal bar. You all right? I asked as I ran a hand between her thighs and palmed her underneath the leather of her skirt. If you don't want this, we can go back inside. It's entirely up to you. I just want you coming on my cock tonight. I want you, she moaned as I slipped a finger under the lace and found her drenched for me. Apparently, exhibitionism was exciting for her. I had to admit it had me throbbing in my pants. Pull them down, she whispered, and I hooked the bottom of her panties with my finger, slowly drawing them down her legs. Her hands remained locked on the black iron bar of the balcony railing as I pulled her sopping panties down her thighs. Not wanting to waste any time, I quickly unbuckled my belt. It took a few tugs to get my pants pulled down to my thighs, but I gave up working them lower as she leaned back into me. My hard cock sprung free as I lowered my boxer briefs, the head already weeping at the thought of what lay under Chase's skirt. She started. She startled as I pressed against her, running one of my hands across her abdomen. I love you, I whispered into her hair, pushing the loose curls to the side and nuzzling her ear with my nose. You're so incredibly sexy. Just holding on like a good girl, waiting for my cock. Ooh. Her head pressed her head pressed back into my shoulder. She sighed as my other hand smoothed over the, over the leather on the back of her skirt. My fingers gripped the edge of it and slowly started to draw the material upward. I love you too, she moaned as my hand gripped her firm ass cheek once the leather was up and out of the way. Hold on, I groaned in her ear as I grasped my shaft firmly in one hand and pressed it between her legs. Her heat contrasted with the cool night air heating my blood. While I knew it was possible, someone below could see what we were doing. I didn't give a fuck anymore. I was too desperate to feel her fall apart on me. Hmm, she hummed as I stopped caressing her stomach and used my hand to tilt her hips back. Fuck, I growled into the skin of her neck, the head of my cock sliding through her wet folds. One firm thrust, and I was fully seated inside her, the muscles of her pussy clenching me tightly. You're so tight like this, baby. Oh God, it feels so big, she whispered as I held onto the side of her hip and began to slowly rotate my hips against her ass. The light of the city blurred as I began to thrust firmly against her, slowly drawing, drawing my cock out and then pushing forward, driving her thighs into the metal railing. Harder, she moaned quietly, the muscles in her forearms straining to maintain their grip as I started to kiss and suck along the side of her throat. Her pussy is so tight, I groaned into her skin. As I picked up the pace a little, she widened her legs and I slipped in further with each thrust hitting deep inside her. You're so warm. I love how you grip my cock. So fucking tight. Hmm. Yeah. So, so he, he's got he's got quite a mouth on him. He, you know what? I was like, that's some good dirty talking right there. Yep. He he <laughs> definitely he he took his tutorial very well and <laughs> was uh, able to get quite of a reaction on for later on in the book. Um, I like I kind of was like, oh, when he said good girl, because I don't know, like if you see, I'm sure you have, because you're like way cooler than I am and way more up on things. <laughs> Um, but lots of like, you know, call me a good girl, good girl stuff going around stickers, things like that. I'm yeah. On a, I saw a bumper sticker that said good girl <laughs> the other day. And I was like, I don't know if I'd put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah. You might be revealing a little bit too much about yourself. Yeah. I'm like, are you trying to pick up like daddies or something? <laughs> I don't maybe. know. Maybe that's the plan. It's an advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
Oh, should I should I should I share how the books overlap in the scene? Yeah. Okay, so in the second book, the copy editors who are sent on the book tour with these two authors um, are in the hotel room next to them. And they're out on the balcony of their suite reading or eating dinner, and they hear the authors going at it. And then they have their own little steamy scene with the balcony door open, but they're in the bed. So that's hilarious. It was fun to overlap them. And actually, I have uh, a piece of artwork that I commissioned that it's two parts. And one is the authors on their balcony with the um, copy editors listening from the other side of the wall. Um, I admire the amount of work that that must take to get everything right. Like, as an author, I know it's hard writing a book anyway. But when you're trying to write one that's fitting like a puzzle piece into the other one, I mean, just getting, going back and getting the words right, going back and getting the actions right, that must be incredibly difficult. I used a lot of those little page flags. So if there was a scene that I, that kind of had to overlap to see, to get the full effect of like what was in that character's head, like I would flag it and then I'd go back through and read it and then I'd write the other scene. So I yeah. think that helped. It did take extra time, but I was glad that I was, because I've had really good feedback that they liked that, oh, during this scene, this is what was happening on, you know, the editorial side of things versus this is what the writers were doing. Yeah. That's, I mean, it was, it's awesome that you were able to do that. So bravo. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think for my reading, it's I'm going to try to match your theme, which I'm trying, I don't have any... I'm sure I do have outdoor sex, but I'm totally drawing a blank. Um, I'm going to keep with the Chase theme. Um, so you have a character named Chase, which is actually a female. Yeah, her name is Chastity, but she goes by Chase. And actually her pen name is Chastity Rose, which is her real first name and her middle name. I'm going to read a scene from Contact High, which comes out August 1st, uh, which has a chase in it. <laughs> now, he, <laughs> it is not a sex scene, but it's a funny scene. So I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and read this. Um, sometimes those are the best. He is actually not the main character. He is the main character's partner on the police force. And he's getting his own story in a book that will come out next year but it's going to be on Vela this fall so you will get Chase's Thanks. story but to set it up a little bit to set up the scene uh Liam who is the main character in Contact High uh he just had a little uh little liaison with the main female character on her kitchen counter he did not fuck her he basically <laughs> uh spanked her with his belt and then he jerked off on her butthole Hey, you know, sounds like, like fun. Like, like one does when you haven't even kissed someone yet, because they at this point they haven't even kissed. <laughs> um, nice. But now Liam and Chase are on a stakeout, and they are staking out a drug dealer. They're trying to bust. They're just kind of gathering information. They're sitting in the car and they're just having a conversation. All right, so I'm going to pick up there. What's up your ass anyway? You've been in a bad mood since last week at the bar, and you weren't even there when I came back. That's uh, Liam talking. Sorry. I started in the middle of my, <laughs> where I didn't have any dialogue tags. <laughs> you were gone a long time, Chase says. I ran into baseball traffic. Sure, man, baseball, Chase snorts. I take another bite of food. Kaylee was gone when I came back to the bar. 
Sounds like she went home, he says. He cranes his neck and bends forward like he's very interested in what's going on outside the window. Did she go home with you? Even if she did, I never kiss and tell. So you kissed her. What happened with you and Lorelai Rogers, Chase asks, squinting. Don't change the subject. He goes back to eating and I watch the house, taking tentative sips of my tea. Minutes feel like hours on a stakeout and I swear I've been sitting in this car for a month. I can't take it any longer. I grind the heels of my hands into both eye sockets until it hurts. Fuck. Chase startles, jostling his drink and dropping a crab rangoon between his legs. He utters a curse and wipes cream cheese off his pants. What? What's wrong? Did Jacob make us? He looks out the window and fumbles, fumbles with his binoculars as he brings them to his face. Nothing. I sigh. I did something bad. Chase drops the binoculars and turns to me. Did this involve your baker? She's not my baker. What happened? Don't tell me you confessed your undying love. Worse. What's worse than that? Chase asks. It came on her butthole. The silence in the car is deafening until Chase sputters food back into his container and laughs. It's a full belly laugh and he clutches his chest, lean forward, leans forward and bangs his forehead on the steering wheel. You did what? Jesus, Liam, I thought you were going to tell me you finally kissed her. I never kissed her. I chew my food and stare straight ahead, not meeting his eyes. Chase holds his hand up. Wait a second. You didn't kiss her? No. How did you come on a woman's brown eye and get away with it not having to kiss her? Teach me your ways. Fuck off. You already did on Lorelai's stink star. Stink star? I look at him disgusted. You know, her chocolate pocket. The brown starfish. I fucking hate you right now. I dip my fork back into my food but leave it there. I'm too frustrated to eat. Why did I leave her like that? Fuck me, but I wanted to put my arms around me, around her and bury myself in her. It took every ounce of control in my body not to push into that pussy that was so ready for me. Her back arched so that her ass stuck in the air. Her body is the epitome of lush perfection and my mouth waters at the thought, having nothing to do with the food in front of me. Damn, I want to kiss her and explore every inch of her mouth with my tongue. How the hell did I manage to fuck up our first erotic moment? I wanted to stay, talk to her, and learn everything there is to know about her before kissing every inch of her body. Was the sex good? Chase's question pulls me out of my thoughts of running my tongue up her thigh. What? I asked, blinking at him like I just realized he's in the car. I didn't say I fucked her. He squints and wrinkles his nose. How did you come on her butthole then? Don't tell me it was on accident. I stare at him and blink. How do you come on someone's butthole by accident? You could fall and land on her funny while she was naked. Then you could have come from the excitement of finding her yourself between her crack flaps. It wasn't like that. I dipped my head into my sweatshirt, wanting to hide. I was punishing her, and it just happened. How exactly were you punishing her, he says. He asks, his eyebrows halfway up his forehead. I sip my drink and sniff before answering. She deserves a spanking for what she does. I spanked her. Chase shakes her head and looks forward. You're into some shit, man. You're going to spank Jacob when we catch him, or are you just going to come on his chocolate faucet? So that's where I'll end on that. <laughs> I had to, like, bite my lip to keep from laughing through that. That's awesome. Well, it's funny because um, I had to think of all of these synonyms for butthole. And yeah. I remember asking my husband, I was like, I need a, synon a funny synonym for butthole. And, I mean, my poor husband is just like, I don't know about your husband, but my husband gets the brunt of some shit sometimes. <laughs> like, just, I mean, like, I have a book coming out next year, and I was bouncing the plot off of him. 
And he was just laughing hysterically, like this poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, this is probably too much information and he'd probably kill me for saying this on a podcast. But um, in the third book in the series that I'm re-releasing, there's a uh, pegging scene. Uh-huh. And I had a research assistant. Oh. <laughs> he is going to kill you. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> oh, my. So I don't even know what to say that, you know, it takes a lot to leave me speechless. And I think you just left me fucking speechless. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's nice when husbands are research assistants. <laughs> I think there's a lot of author husbands out there that um, that have to do a lot of stuff or hear some stuff that they're just like, you are so fucked up in the head right now. <laughs> yeah, but there's been a couple of times he's like, you're such a freak. It's like, but what, I love it. <laughs> what the hell are you Googling now? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's what I usually get. Because sometimes like if he, he, I have his old laptop that like if I don't feel like carrying around the giant laptop that I do design work on I'll use and occasionally he's gotten like alerts and things synced to his Google mm-hmm. like to to the browser that I've looked for <laughs> and he's like what the fuck well so- we, sh- we share an Amazon account uh, so whenever I am researching like a niche or something for erotica and I download some books, he also gets those books. Those show up in his library too. And I'm just like, <laughs> sorry, bud. We turned off that option that they won't send to his phone now, that they only download to my Kindle and my phone if it's yeah. something I'm downloading. I don't worry about it too much, but. <laughs> yeah, because he's yeah. like, you have. He's like, you have 360, like, dirty romance novels, and I have, like, six books that I can never find. Um, <laughs> so what do you have coming up, um, like, releases in the future? When are your, your other books coming out? Um, Actually, Mark My Words, which is the second book in the series where it's following the copy editors. Um, that one actually comes out the day after Contact High on August 2nd. And then um, the third book in the series, which is called Bound by Words, which follows one of their resources for researching the dominatrix, um, gets involved with the older sister of Evan from the first book. So that one that one gets a bit kinky. Um, so that one comes out September 6th. So, and then... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And then book... I'm actually writing a Chase has two older brothers and one of them is gay and married. And like you see snippets of them in the first book, but I'm writing a Christmas novella to hopefully publish in October or early November. That is like a, how her brother met his husband. And it's like a Christmas wars kind of thing that Mm -hmm. her brother's like the Grinchy bah humbug character. And his future husband is like the, I vomit Christmas everywhere character. So it's like, them having like a enemies to lovers like rival type of you know like he puts dirty christmas lights like on the property line and then like drew sneaks over in the middle of the night and steals an inflatable reindeer and you know like stuff like that so that one should be fun yeah that was what i was going to ask is i thought there was another one that you were that you had mentioned you were working on that is tied to the series so wasn't sure yeah there's books four and five will come out like 
January, February, March-ish. Gotcha. Next year, so. Awesome. Lots of writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My kids go back to school in like three weeks. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but I always think, oh, it's summer. I'm going to get all this writing done. And then it's summer and I'm not getting all this writing done. Um, So it's like now I'm looking forward to fall. <laughs> when the children are out of the house all day. Yeah. Uh, where can we find your social media stuff, your newsletter, all that? Um, I am on Instagram, TikTok, uh, elcoslow.com. Uh, it'll, when you go to that, it'll pop up the newsletter sign up. Um, I'm elcoslo, so E-L-K-O-S-L-O underscore writes on Instagram. And then you just take out the underscore on TikTok. Got it. Um, any, uh, anything else you want to leave us with or? You have anything else new that's coming up? We're on a... Are you doing a takeover on Cinnamon Rolls Book Boyfriends for this? Um, No, I was just going to do like a giveaway. Gotcha. I think you're in my my release party. Did you sign Did up sign? for my I, release party? I know I looked at it, but I wasn't sure since my release was so close to yours if you wanted. Oh, gosh. You can sign up for it. <laughs> uh, so thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me.